Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Anna Plan Second Quarter Fiscal 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you'll need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Avedalita Kicheko. You may begin. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on today's conference call to discuss Anaplan's second quarter fiscal year 2021 financial results. Joining me on the call are Frank Calderoni, our Chief Executive Officer, and Dave Morton, our Chief Financial Officer. On this call, we will be making forward-looking statements, including financial guidance and expectations for third quarter and fiscal year 2021, anticipated future operating and financial performance, strategies, customer demand, product, and technologies. These statements reflect our best judgment based on factors currently known to us and actual events or results may differ materially. Please refer to documents we file with the SEC, including the Form 8K file today with today's press release. Those documents contain risks and other factors that may cause our actual results to differ from those contained in our forward-looking statements. These forward-looking statements are being made as of today, and we disclaim any obligation to update or revise these statements. If this call is reviewed after today, the information presented during this call may not be current or accurate. We will also discuss non-GAAP financial measures which are not prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. Unless otherwise stated during the call, all references to our gross margins, expenses, and operating results are on a non-GAAP basis. For historical periods, a reconciliation of GAAP and non-GAAP results is provided in the press release and in supplemental financial information on our website. And with that, I will turn the call over to Frank Calderoni. Thank you, Adelita. Good morning, and thank you all for joining us today. I'd like to first start with our continued appreciation to those on the front lines who keep us safe and healthy during this pandemic. With the ongoing challenges associated with COVID-19 globally, it is energizing to see the commitment and the impact our Anaplan team is having with our customers, partners, and each other during these times. This was our first full quarter navigating COVID-19 as a global pandemic. As we mentioned last quarter, we focused on building a healthy pipeline and driving expansion opportunities with existing customers. Despite the current economic challenges, digital transformation efforts remain a top priority for many companies. Disruptive secular trends only continue, fueling the need for businesses to invest in technology and capabilities that will help improve their competitive position. This is where we are focused on helping our customers navigate their operational response and digital transformation efforts through connected planning. Moving on to our execution and performance, we continue to see stability in our go-to-market, making further progress on pipeline quality and sales enablement. Our remaining performance obligation, or RPO balance, exiting the quarter was $703 million, up 36% of last year. Billings grew 22% year-over-year, and subscription revenue is up 32% year over year. With that, I'd like to provide insights into how we are managing our business through this period. As we mentioned last quarter, due to the challenging business environment and the impact it had on the timing and pace of customer decisions, we increased our focus on near-term opportunities within our existing customer base. This quarter, we shifted more of our pipeline mix toward expand opportunities as well as the mix of closed business. 
Approximately 60% of bookings this quarter came from existing customers, which is more in line with our historical average. Most of our deals greater than 500K were partner influence. We are driving tighter collaboration in our joint account planning processes, leveraging our partners to connect Anaplan into their digital transformation efforts that they're driving with their largest customers. Our partners continue to invest in their Anaplan practice, adding nearly 600 new certified model builders, and 60% of these were with our GSI partners. As we've discussed before, one of our priorities over this past year has been increasing the number of certified Anaplan professionals with the long-term vision of making Anaplan the default planning standard for both companies and also for professionals. This quarter, we saw increases across all levels of our model builder certification. Certified model builders were up 63%, doubling in number in less than six months, and the next level above, level three model builders, were up 185% quarter over quarter. When I take a step back and look at what has changed compared to a year ago, and how the enterprise cloud planning landscape has evolved, what stands out to me is the rapid change that the global pandemic has forced upon businesses. This endless pace of change has become unrelenting and the need for a connected platform is playing out. This was highlighted by Gartner in their 2020 Cloud Financial Planning and Analysis Solutions Report, where they recommend companies execute an XP&A strategy that enables finance to lead company-wide continuous planning and performance management. Gartner defines this by using the term extended planning and analysis, or XP&A. The X refers to the breaking down of silos between financial and operational planning processes. This concept describes the essence of our connected planning strategy as our platform was purpose-built to extend planning processes across the organization to a broader range of business areas, such as sales, workforce planning, and supply chain planning. To demonstrate the ways in which connected planning enables companies to achieve their performance goals that span the entire enterprise, let me share a few customer highlights. One of our new customers, a Fortune 500 company with over 20,000 employees globally, chose Anaplan for integrated planning, reporting, scenario modeling, and the unique ability to connect plans across multiple business units, segments, and functional areas. We also addressed their need for agility and speed by meeting their requirement for business self-service, the ability for business users to change logic, hierarchies, and update model assumptions, removing the burden and the barriers to speed that often comes with centralized administration required by the legacy product. A large expand this quarter was with a technology company with over $50 billion in revenue. This company has undergone significant change and is transforming its current finance, product demand, marketing, annual, quarterly, and monthly planning into an integrated cross-company collaborative process with a focus on demand planning accuracy and people efficiency. Anaplan was able to meet their key requirements for agility as well as becoming the single source for all planning insights across multiple functional areas. This customer's investment in Anaplan 
is expected to generate ROI from an anticipated reduction in inventory, logistics, and other operating costs. Another key expand in supply chain was with a leading high-growth apparel retailer. This customer needed support with their strategic growth plans on a global scale and a fundamentally different way to operationalize the management of in-season demand planning and item management. Our platform provided a flexible business-owned solution that would meet their current and evolving needs. Our in-memory calculation functionality allowed for quick decision-making with the planners and allocators. They also understood the power of connecting to the rest of their supply chain and working with industry partners. This customer expects to see returns from better inventory management and product margins while also protecting brand loyalty. In addition to these customer highlights, we continue to receive industry recognition. Anaplan was showcased in IDC's study highlighting the market share of the largest vendors in the worldwide big data and analytics software market for 2019. In a few weeks, we will be hosting our annual user conference, Connected Planning Experience, virtually. We will announce some new product expansions related to predictive AI and intelligence techniques, extending and building on the strength of our Connected Planning platform. We look forward to sharing the details at CPX. In summary, we have made good progress this quarter, and our teams have demonstrated better execution. Looking ahead, we remain cautious due to the broader economic environment and the uncertainty caused by the ongoing pandemic. During this time, we are focused on continued improvement and execution, and we acknowledge we have more to do. However, we are confident we are on the right track. I'd like to take a moment to thank all the employees at Anaplan for being tenacious and resilient. Our customers' needs for better daily insights across their business has become the norm and there is a lot more we can accomplish together as a connected planning community. Now let me turn over the call to Dave, who will discuss our second quarter financials and outlook. Dave? Thank you, Frank, and good morning, everyone. Anaplan's second quarter results reflect stronger sequential execution in an uncertain economic environment. Total revenue for the second quarter was $107 million, up 26% year-over-year. Within this, Subscription revenues grew 32% and comprised 91% of total revenue. Service revenues were $9 million, down from $11 million in the second quarter last year as we continue to de-emphasize services as a percentage of total revenue. Second quarter billings growth rate improved sequentially. Calculated billings for the second quarter were $109 million, up 22% year-over-year. This represents an improvement compared to last quarter's year-over-year growth rate of 10%. RPO exiting the second quarter was $703 million, up 36% over last year. The current portion of RPO that is expected to be recognized as revenue over the next 12 months is $358 million, up 32% year-over-year and consistent with last quarter's year-over-year growth rate. Turning to key metrics, we ended the quarter with almost 1,500 customers. In addition, our mix of bookings from expand deals within existing customers improved sequentially. The number of customers with over 250K in annual recurring revenue was 391, up 31% year over year. 
our dollar-based net expansion rate, or NRR, is 116% this quarter. This reflects a lower volume of expand deals as compared to this time last year, primarily due to the impact of COVID-19 on the timing and velocity of deals. There was no change in churn this quarter. Our overall customer retention rate is in line with historical levels. On a sequential basis, the overall volume of expand deals did improve. As discussed last quarter, exiting Q1, we focused on increasing the level of expand business with our existing customers, and as a result, we saw improvement during the second quarter. While NRR is still below our historical level of 120%, we remain focused on driving continued sequential improvement in the volume of expand business into the back half of the fiscal year. Turning to our profitability metrics, total non-GAAP gross margin was 78%, up three percentage points year over year. Within this, subscription gross margins were 85%, approximately flat year over year, and services gross margins were approximately 9%, down three percentage points year over year. For the second quarter, total non-GAAP operating expenses were $93 million up from $80 million in the prior year, primarily due to increases in go-to-market investments. We continue to drive leverage in Anaplan's financial model, and second quarter operating margins were negative 9%, an improvement of approximately 11 percentage points compared to negative 20% in the same period last year. As a reminder, Anaplan's first half spend is traditionally seasonally heavier with events including our annual sales kickoff meeting in our annual user conference. With COVID-19, we subsequently pushed our user conference to late September this year, and the event is a virtual format. While the format and timing change for this event yielded favorable operating leverage in the second quarter, we do not expect this rate and pace in the back half of the year as we move forward investing in our go-to-market and product and engineering organizations for continued sustainable growth. Net loss per share in the second quarter was negative four cents, based on 138 million weighted average shares. Free cash flow for the second quarter was negative 12.9 million. We demonstrated good working capital management, and we experienced minimal deal exception requests for extended payment terms and split billings. We exited the quarter with 305 million in cash and cash equivalents. While we remain highly confident in the long-term digital transformation trends and the relevancy of our platform across all industries. Given the near-term economic uncertainty from the ongoing pandemic, we remain cautious on the broader demand environment for the second half of the year and how these conditions may impact the overall timing for deals. For our third quarter guidance, we anticipate revenue in the range of 109 million to 110 million. Within this, we expect services revenue to be in the range of 8 million to 9 million. In order to provide more visibility during this time of uncertainty, we'll provide a baseline for third quarter billings, which we expect to be in the range of 133 million to 135 million. This implies a year-over-year growth rate in the range of 16% to 18%. As a reminder, we have higher year-over-year compares as the billings growth rate for FQ3 last year is 59%. Non-GAAP operating margin for the third quarter is expected to be in the range of negative 12.5% to negative 13.5%. Weighted average share count is expected to be approximately 141 million shares. We have made sequential progress this quarter, both in the mix of new and expand business and our pipeline build. 
As a result, we are reinstating our annual guidance. For the full fiscal year, we expect revenue to be in the range of $437 million to $439 million. Weighted average share count is expected to be approximately 140 million shares. Non-GAAP operating margin for the full year is expected to be in the range of negative 11% to negative 12%, representing a 470 basis point year-over-year improvement at the midpoint. Longer term, our runway for growth and large market opportunity remain the same. We will continue to make investments to extend our leadership in this market while improving execution and profitable growth. I'll now turn it over to the operator for questions. At this time, I'd like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your first question comes from the line of Michael Turn from Wells Fargo. Your line is open. Hey there. Uh, thanks and good morning. Um, looks like the top line results came in um, ahead of the guidance you provided last quarter um, and ahead of where many investors were expecting. Can you just, it sounds like some of the expansion activity anticipated um, came through this quarter, but can we just uh, spend a bit more time on what the drivers of, of upside versus what you previously forecast looked like, and then were there any impacts from FX on either revenue or billings this quarter we should be aware of as well? Thank you. Michael, thanks for your question. So uh, as, we, as we mentioned, uh, the focus this quarter, and this was kind of carrying over from uh, Q1, was really to help uh, build our pipeline and really work with our partners, uh, with especially with expand opportunities with many of our current customers. And a lot of the trends that uh, we thought we'd see uh, as it relates to digital transformation, working through some finance um, reengineering projects, which were put on hold, started to um, really start to show some traction. So we continued to build the pipeline throughout the quarter, and we had good close rates um, as the quarter uh, progressed uh, throughout the quarter, and that led us to uh, the increase, uh, as we saw in billings, and also uh, with our ability to kind of think through how things would play out for the rest of the year. Uh, as far as, um, you know, anything different, we did have a couple of points of benefit in our billings number from an FX perspective this quarter, but everything else in billings, uh, no major pull forwards, no changes in billing terms, so it was pretty standard. Great. Dave, the decision to bring guidance back, what, what gave the confidence to, to resume here? Is there anything you can add just around the trends you saw throughout the quarter that, that are pointing to this stabilization uh, throughout the rest of the year? Thank you. Yeah, real, real fast, Michael. Um, as Frank had narrated on just some of the deal work, you know, overall the quarter was, was about uh, really good um, linear progression. And so with that um, continued uh, momentum, as well as some of the pipeline build uh, that we experienced for the back half of the year, uh, you know, just enabled us to um, give us the confidence heading into the back half of the year, which then we, we reinstated our, our full year guide. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Scott Berg from Needham. Your line is open. Hi, Frank and Dave. Congrats on a great quarter, and thanks for taking my questions. Uh, Frank, I wanted to start, yeah, I wanted to start with uh, uh, partner execution in the quarter. It's something that we heard about uh, in multiple uh, aspects of our checks. 
you seem to be pretty pleased with uh, with what partners were doing in the quarter. But anything that you noticed that was maybe different around the execution or maybe quantity or velocity of deals um, that led to some of the optimism in the execution? You know, yeah, so, so one of the – and we mentioned this again at the end of last quarter. Uh, the key focus, especially in, in difficult times, is to really uh, hunker down and work even more closely with partners. Uh, they have a lot of visibility uh, with their clients to actually look through and understand where their clients are and how they're working through any kind of transformation, dealing with any issues they may have based on the business environment around COVID. So we, we got closer to partners over the past uh, couple of months. Um, we focused with them on building pipelines, and we also focused with them on really going in uh, specifically with current customers and looking at different opportunities uh, to help them through COVID. And we worked on uh, even more so, you know, building joint solutions um, for those particular customers with those partners, and that helps us. I think it's going to help us not only for this quarter, but it's going to help us going forward. The other thing which we did mention a few minutes ago is we continue to see good traction um, as far as the investment that partners are making in the ecosystem. As you recall, last quarter, we mentioned that our partner ecosystem added about 500 new um, Anaplanner model builders. This quarter, they added 600 with a substantial number in the, uh, uh, in the large partners. So that shows that they see the opportunity working with Anaplan, uh, again, forming a, a much tighter relationship with us. And uh, not only it's helped us now, I think it's going to continue to help us going forward. Got it. That's very helpful. And then from a, a follow-up perspective, uh, upsells were more, um, I think the word was normal in the quarter in terms of the mix of, of contributions for new bookings. But in this pre- post-COVID type of environment, I mean, have you seen your customers purchase anything different within those upsells, or is it a similar mix between, you know, what you see for finance, uh, supply chain operations, sales, and maybe HR? I would say two things. One, um, as, as COVID continues to play out, there have been a couple of areas that have been high focus, especially in finance organizations, around financial health, uh, you know, balancing some of the disruption with having some plans for recovery for their business, being more, you know, predictable about how they can look at different scenarios. And then the other thing I would say is supply chain resiliency. So those, those seem to be the four key themes. But uh, on the other side, um, you know, I was just talking with a CFO yesterday. We were getting ready for our CPX conference coming up. We're going to do a roundtable. And I asked him a couple of questions just in prep for that. And he said that we've always known, like five years ago, we've always known that we've had to make some changes. And we delayed, we delayed, and we delayed. And now even more so, we're seeing the need. And I, and I think uh, I th- I, that resonated with me yesterday. And I think that's starting to come out. I mean, it's still early. Uh, I don't want to get too far away, but it's starting to come out where organizations, especially finance organizations, are realizing that they can make some changes and and pivot now, especially with these uh, challenging uh, environments, and start to see some of the benefits uh, associated with that. So they're they're starting to bring some of these projects uh, back in uh, for consideration. Uh, I think that's helping us uh, as it relates to pipeline. But, again, these projects – you know, they take some time, they require funding, but not only funding, they also require some of the skill. And that's been one of the challenges, too, with limited skill going through COVID. How do, we, how they, how do they build those skills uh, to be able to kind of make sure they can work on these projects along with Anaplan as well as with our partners? So we're trying to help them through that. 
Very helpful. Thanks, and congrats again. Your next question comes from the line of Kirk Matham from Evercore. Your line is open. Uh, thanks very much, and I'll echo the congrats on a good quarter. Uh, Frank, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about um, sort of the verticals that you're seeing success in and, and if there's any particular reason for that, meaning I think we all understand the verticals that are more impacted by COVID. But, you know, given where the economy is right now, are you having more success in, in some areas where budgets maybe are a little bit more open? Uh, just curious if there's any sort of vertical um, aspect to this quarter or, or how you see mm-hmm. the pipeline shaping up into the end of the year. Sure, good question. Um, we, we, you know, last quarter we realized, um, especially with the large amount of new business that we had coming into the quarter, uh, that COVID had a, dram- a dramatic impact in certain uh, verticals. And so throughout uh, the latter part of last quarter and then going into this quarter, I think we did a fairly good job of kind of scrubbing our pipeline, really to make sure that we were identifying the areas where we thought customers uh, did have the resources, did have the funds, and did have the capability uh, to start to move some of these projects forward. Among those, um, I would say that have been, uh, let's say, more active with, with us over the past couple of months. Uh, first, I would say healthcare, uh, which, which is fairly obvious. Uh, we've been doing uh, quite a bit of work with healthcare companies. Uh, you know, we've had some uh, small, medium, and large transactions with healthcare. Uh, the healthcare opportunities have been within finance. Uh, but it also extended into work with clinical trials. As you know, that's a big area right now, especially with uh, work on the vaccine and things like that. But organizations, healthcare companies that are looking to find better ways of planning um, around some of these clinical trials, and so that's been a help for us. The other vertical, I would say, is technology. Um, we've had uh, quite a bit of activity uh, within the technology sector, in finance, uh, but also in supply chain. Um, if you recall, last, last quarter we mentioned a technology company that was actually working through uh, a supply chain uh, transaction to help them get better visibility into various components. Uh, we've seen more of that activity this quarter with technology. Um, the other one I would say, uh, the third one I would highlight, is some segments of retail. Um, and I think the retail piece uh, is a mixed story. Uh, we, you've got some retail that has been very strong through covid and I think they're investing primarily to make sure that they have the agility and resilience uh, in dealing with some of the changes, especially tying finance into supply chain. Those are the three I would highlight uh, that come to mind. There's probably a few others, but those are the top three. That's helpful. Thanks, Frank. And then, Dave, just one quick one for you on dollar-based net expansion, you know, in 116. I think that was better than some were obviously fearing, given the uncertainty going this quarter. Do you feel like that sort of mid-one-teens range is probably, you know, an area you guys maybe are going to bottom out at. I know there's a lot of uncertainty still, so I'm not trying to peg you down too much, but do you feel better about that metric continuing to improve? I think you mentioned that sequentially in your in your comments, but just wonder if you could just uh, talk about that a little bit. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Kirk. Um, it, it continues to be an uh, area of focus of ours, uh, not only the velocity, but also the expand motion. Uh, when you think about it in the overall context of just uh, cost of acquisition. Um, but, but to your point, you know, last quarter we narrated on, you know, ranges that could have been as low as 110 um, you know, from, a, from a downside perspective. Um, you know, we're a little bit more uh, confident on that. And so I think your 
um, conversation point uh, in and around the mid-teens, um, kind of as the trough. Um, if, if things don't go our way, uh, would kind of be the, the uh, low end of the range. Um, but, you know, as we continue on with the stabilization, our execution, our linear progression, you know, that's something that we continue to be very mindful of. Thanks for taking the questions. Your next question comes from the line of Kerry Tillman from Career Security. Your line is open. Yeah, thank you uh, for taking my question. And I echo the congrats on the improving results. I, I guess I just had one question, and I don't know if this is for Frank or Dave, but it does sound like incrementally New Deal pipeline. It is starting to come back. You're, you're reinstating the full-year guidance. What I'm curious about is if we could kind of probe more on New Deal pipeline. What are you seeing there in terms of the size and scope of some of these newer logos that are showing up again in the pipeline? Uh, do they tend to be Global 2000 or more mid-market? And just how do you see that starting to then monetize and actually start closing again the new deals? Thank you. So, so Terry, the, uh, as we said, uh, the focus this quarter was on expands, and I think it, it worked well for us. Uh, but we continue to support new customers. Um, I would say that the, from a new customer perspective, um, it, it's, it's kind of a mix. Um, I would say we, we have, you know, uh, low end medium and also some large, uh, larger, uh, transactions with some new customers as they start to think about, um, working, especially in some of the verticals I mentioned before. Um, we, we talked about one uh, on the call today, uh, with a technology company, uh, that's actually working through a finance transformation. Uh, that's a new customer that has been, uh, starting to move down a path, let's say over the past, uh, two or three quarters on, on digitizing a lot of their processes. And so, uh, it was time for them also now to think about the planning side of that. And so we were able to kind of work with them. Um, I like that one because, um, I, I would say it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a medium sized deal, but it has a lot of potential for further expansion. Uh, not only in finance because it, it, it's considered to be a platform uh, transaction uh, over a longer period of time, but it also has the capability, similar to what we've seen with other technology companies, of, of tying that back into supply chain as well. So those are the types of, of new business. Um, you know, as Dave mentioned, uh, we, we got close to about 1,500 as far as customers. So we did see some new customers join uh, Anaplan, about 40% of our business was new customers. Uh, in some of the verticals I mentioned before, as well as uh, mostly, I would say, on the finance side with some uh, in supply chain. Your next question comes from the line of Heather Bellini from Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Great. Thank you. Um, most of you might have been answered, but just, Frank, wanted to go back to the Salesforce changes that you announced a couple quarters ago. And given kind of how the pace of, um, you know, your comments about focusing more on the installed base, uh, I'm just wondering if there, if you made any pivots back that are going to be, you know, long-term in nature, or are you going to kind of keep going down the path that you initiated at the start of this fiscal year in terms of Salesforce orientation? Thank you. Uh, thanks, Heather. Uh, we're, we're continuing. Um, the, the plans that we put in place at the beginning of the year, um, as I mentioned last quarter, uh, putting those plans in place and then dealing with a, a COVID situation 30 days later uh, was not the best timing, but um, I think uh, we, we stayed uh, and worked through it. Um, if I look at where we are now, uh, like a full six months into the first half of the year, 
Uh, we have a very, uh, I'd say, a very stable um, go-to-market organization around the world uh, in all regions. Uh, the leadership positions um, in the various regions um, are filled. Uh, we've got good leaders. Uh, they're focused. Uh, despite a lot of the distractions that we've had the last few months with COVID, um, it's been really kind of working through uh, having our go-to-market teams uh, spend their time where they do have the time to work with our partners and then very, very much uh, with customers. Uh, I think we've done a lot this quarter um, with our Anaplan Helps, uh, really being empathetic to what our customers are experiencing, offering assistance where we could. And I think, I think that buys a lot of goodwill, but it also allows us to get even closer to some of these customers. And that's the, the approach. We, we've enhanced our sales enablement um, as far as some of the new people that join the team, make sure that they, uh, they get trained pretty quickly on the platform and on our go-to-market. And, uh, again, jointly with our partners kind of working through that, I, 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 I think it's developing nicely, and I feel good about where we are, and I think we're positioned, as I said, uh, to continue that uh, in the back half of the year. Great. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Sarah Hinman from McGuire. Your line is open. Great. Thank you. Thanks for taking my questions, guys, and it's nice to see you accelerate off of last quarter in this difficult environment. You know, I was hoping you could give us a mix of what you're seeing today. In terms of customers who are using Anaplan for traditional finance roles versus the more diverse supply chain and front office offerings that many customers are using you for today. Yeah, so, so uh, our mix, which has been pretty uh, steady, uh, is around 60% of our business, uh, if I look at uh, even current business, uh, which is in finance. And, you know, we, we have, um, being that our platform is an enterprise platform, uh, we focus uh, most of our efforts, uh, what we call around the office of finance or the office of the CFO, because we think, I, you know, I firmly believe having spent uh, my career uh, in finance and in different planning roles, uh, that any type of planning, although there's planning across the enterprise, uh, it really starts and ends uh, in the finance organization. And the challenges that companies have had over the years has been the disconnect. Finance tends to work in the silo, and then everyone else plans um, in their own uh, specific functions. So allowing a connecting point um, and, or at least a strategy uh, to get that connecting point um, has been very helpful. Uh, but we try to emphasize uh, finance uh, as our uh, significant, um, let's say, foothold into an organization to make sure that even if we are working in other parts initially, uh, we've got the finance team and the CFO engaged and aware uh, and supportive of what we're doing because ultimately, again, it's going to tie back in. So that's, that's kind of where that uh, plays out. Even though we've seen good um, growth rates um, in sales performance management, as well as in supply chain, um, but a lot of those, like one, we had a deal this quarter um, in Europe, um, which was um, a sales performance management transaction. Um, this was a very large customer uh, that is looking to align a lot of their sales teams, uh, specifically in Europe, but also thinking about it more globally uh, over time, um, tying back into a lot of the performance in, into the finance organization. And so that was a, a great example of really selling into sales performance, but actually connecting back into the finance organization. Uh, 
you. Our next question comes from the line of Joseph Vassi from Canaccord. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking the questions and congrats on the good results. I, I know that, you know, with the reinstatement of guidance, that's encouraging, but just wondering with um, kind of the continued focus on expand deals, uh, perhaps versus new, how you feel about continuing to kind of mine that opportunity if, if the pandemic continues here for a while? Do you think there's enough in there um, to kind of continue to execute on this kind of kind of more expansion-centric uh, growth strategy for a couple quarters, and then I'll have a quick follow-up? Sure. So uh, give me an opportunity to kind of uh, mention, uh, as we uh, talked about earlier, uh, the COVID situation um, is still with us. Uh, looks like it's going to be with us uh, for some period of time. Uh, that does provide a tremendous amount of uncertainty, um, and things, of course, can always change. Uh, so I, I, I just want to put that out there. But if I if I think about um, the the customers that we have right now, um, the focus, uh, you know, when you have you know around 1,500 customers that have started on their journey with Anaplan. Um, and their journey was not really, you know, I, I would have to say a majority of our customers uh, didn't come to Anaplan to do a single use case. Uh, they came to Anaplan uh, with an objective uh, to really drive a more extensive, extensive use of our platform. And so that provides us with, uh, with good opportunity. Um, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it now. Uh, we, I, I do believe with many of our customers, we're in the early stages um, of working with them. Uh, if I look at some of the ones we highlighted last quarter, we highlighted a pharmaceutical company, we highlighted a technology company. This quarter we talked about another technology company. All the ones that we've highlighted on this call, these are platform transactions that have uh, ongoing uh, roadmap, uh, working with Anaplan and working with partners. So I think, again, it's early, eight, early stages in some of these, and our objective, um, similar to what we did this quarter, uh, right now is to continue to keep focused uh, with our customers. Again, staying close to them, how can we help them, uh, leveraging the strong relationship that we have with them and seeing what more we can do to offer. And I think that provides us with, with a good foundation. Again, I caveat that with uh, the environment because spending um, is still challenged. As I said before, getting the right resources to do some of the work continues to be a challenge. Um, and then how, how does it prioritize and some of the other things that they're going on. But we're trying to work through that balance with many of our expand opportunities that we have, um, that we've had this quarter and that we see coming up. Your next question comes from the line of Kayla McGinnis from Deutsche Bank. Your line is open. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my question and congrats on a really solid quarter. So I wanted to press on the billing side of 18% growth at the high end because I thought that that was really solid, especially given the tougher compare in 3Q. So can you talk about what you're seeing in the pipeline that gives you comfort with this level of growth and maybe offer some assumptions around new business or net retention or churn that's embedded into this guide? And then lastly, just curious if you think this is representative of an inflection in the demand environment or sales execution or not just yet. So I'll, I'll start, and I'll let Dave, I'll let you jump in as well. Um, you know, again, uh, when we think about the guidance uh, that we provided, uh, we did see linear progression um, in the top-line results uh, this quarter, billings, calculated bookings, 
that helps. That pace of business um, starts to um, help give us um, uh, better insight. Uh, secondly, the pipeline uh, that we've been working with, uh, with ourselves as well as our partners, give, improves, and so that provides um, uh, more visibility um, into opportunities. Uh, third, similar to what I just mentioned, uh, the expansion, um, understanding and appreciating where our customers are, what they need to do um, is, is important as well. And, and just, um, again, just watching uh, the last few months and the deal velocity as far as um, uh, the activity and having been able to uh, close those transactions. Uh, again, I, I put that out there. Um, we, we try, uh, as we gave the guidance, yes, it is tough compare, but we also want to make sure uh, that we're balanced um, in what we're seeing um, so we don't get ourselves too far ahead, uh, and that's why we gave the guidance uh, that we did from a billings perspective. Dave, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, the only thing I'd add is, you know, we've got nominal ranges on low single-digit churn. Um, you know, we're not seeing any anything evolve there. Um, you know, we continue to put our customers first on that with uh, good good customer retention. And so that obviously plays into uh, the modeling of NRR, uh, specifically with our um, refocused motions on expands. And so even if you play um, low end of the case of 114 and then, you know, upside uh, cases above the 116. And so, um, you know, the price point, we're really prudent on providing this um, um, sequential uh, guide. And, um, you know, we're, we're uh, confident in, in the numbers we've put forward. And, again, you know, the, the whole caution I, I put out there, right, because of the unknown with the environment, and try to keep that balance with uh, some of the things that uh, we've experienced uh, as it relates to the pipeline. So trying to keep that balance is going to be important for us as well as uh, for all of you that are interested in, uh, in Anaplan. Your next question comes from the line of Josh Beck from Keepoff. Your line is open. Thank you for uh, for taking the question. Um, you know, I wanted to follow up on, on some of the partner commentary. It seems like you're getting a really strong endorsement. I think you mentioned 600 new builders this quarter, which was actually up from last quarter. So I don't know if you could maybe just help us understand maybe what is in their mindset. You know, obviously they some some large system integrated partners, you know, they, they have other pressures and it seems like they're investing in this more. So is it is it the category of planning they're excited about? Is it digital transformation? Just, you know, any other color you can provide on this kind of increased investment from partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's all that. I mean, if you think about uh, partners are going to make investments where they can see opportunity. Um, th- their business is driving not only building out Anaplan models as part of the platform, but providing uh, consultancy around what they're doing. So um, as, as they work with their clients, uh, their focus is going to be on digital transformation, finance reengineering, uh, projects that are going to, you know, for them not only just give them uh, an initial engagement, but uh, perhaps a longer-term engagement. Um, and so they're working through that. I think uh, with a lot of uh, – I'll, I'll go back to what uh, I mentioned earlier about the Gartner study um, and the XP&A, the Extended Finance and Planning. Um, if you go into that uh, study that came out uh, a few months ago, you'll see that they made some fairly 
uh, bold predictions um, over the next uh, four years as far as specifically around what finance organizations uh, will be doing and some of the projects that they feel um, are uh, likely to occur as finance organizations modernize. Um, and it's similar to what I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago when I talked about the CFO that I uh, spent some time with yesterday. Um, I, I've lived it uh, for a couple of decades, uh, some of the challenges that have been out there and that have been delayed, delayed, delayed. So I think the partners are seeing that whether it's, you know, they, they can't really say is it this quarter, next quarter, the next few quarters, COVID does play a role, but they are seeing that shift uh, and that trend over the next several years, uh, which is why I think um, they've been getting uh, closer to Anaplan and also why uh, they've been making the investment. They wouldn't be investing uh, 500 last quarter, 600 this quarter, if they didn't see the ability to get the return. Um, so I, I think that's a, a good indication. Uh, I'll just say this: this quarter, I spend quite a bit of time um, with our partners. You know, we, we do QBRs uh, with them, um, and uh, just then, this was in the early July, mid-July timeframe, uh, really at the at, at senior levels, really thinking through uh, some of the investments, how we're doing, and um, uh, some good indications from them as far as uh, the interest um, and the focus uh, around planning and, and specifically the engagement with Anna Plan. Yeah, our last question comes from the line of Ramo Lenschel from Barclay. Your line is open. Hey, hey, thanks for squeezing me in and congrats from me as well. Um, two quick questions. Um, um, frankly, uh, over the, you know, we, we obviously had two things going on for you. We had uh, the sales, uh, sales execution changes that charge in, uh, that, uh, issues that started in Q4 and that you've been working on, and then you had COVID. Um, talking where, where we are on, on you know, on, and then kind of fixing sales execution usually takes a couple of quarters, and so we saw that in Q1 you got a little bit better, Q2 we got a little bit better. Where are you on on that journey? Are we kind of pretty much done now, and now we're just battling the COVID effects, or are we still kind of at the tail end of that one? And then one last word uh, on uh, what are you seeing in terms of competition, because obviously your area is Greenfield, you know, very interesting and other guys are kind of obviously seeing that as well. What are you seeing in terms of competitive dynamics? Thank you. So as far as COVID, 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 uh, I think we're all working through that and trying to figure out uh, that landscape and how it uh, will continue to evolve. And as I said before, I think it's going to be with us for some time, and I think we're all getting uh, to accept that and trying to make the necessary plans to work through it. Um, as I said, uh, we, we, we try to uh, adjust pretty quickly to the work-from-home environment and continue to – uh, make the necessary investment to ensure that our employees uh, are doing the best that they can uh, in that environment, and that's an ongoing, that's really ongoing, uh, even as of this week, last week, um, and, and dealing with some of that. So we'll continue to work through that. As far as the sales, um, it, it, it's, you know, continued evolution. Um, as you said, made progress in Q1, uh, further progress in Q2. As I said, we're going to continue to make progress. It, it's a constant uh, evolution. We're a growing company, and we want to make sure the people that we add, uh, we're quickly enabling uh, with the right type of uh, information um, and training uh, and the alignment with partners. Um, we make we want to make sure our positions are filled. I, I feel good about where we are right now from a staffing perspective. Uh, we, we've had, um, you know, low uh, attrition, uh, which is also a good sign of the, you know, energy and morale of the team um, in, in comparison to what others and, and also uh, in uh, historical for us. 
Um, so we're going to continue to stay focused, I mean, and, and continue to build the right type of culture. Uh, that's, that's always evolving uh, from that perspective. As, as far as competition, um, we really haven't had any change with competition. Um, you know, customers are choosing us because of the value that um, they, they see in the platform. And as, as I've been saying the last, uh, in response to the last couple of questions, the platform and approach that we have, which is enterprise-wide, is, is unique. Um, and even though there's others that are out there providing a financial or supply chain or sales performance management, uh, they tend to be more narrow um, and uh, more of the opportunity, if I go back to Gartner, it's on extended FTNA. So I think we we um, we we are, I believe, um, in a leadership position from that perspective, and our objective is to uh, continue to invest and stay there. And we'll talk more about some of the things that we're doing as we continue to uh, add to the platform um, as we get the uh, next couple of weeks in CPX. So I want to thank everyone for joining the call today. Um, I just uh, also want to thank our customers, uh, partners, and also our shareholders, all of you, um, and our team with Anaplan for the continued support. We look forward to talking to you again next quarter, and we invite you to participate in our CPX, uh, virtual CPX, uh, which will be in mid-September. Thank you all. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.